Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. Good morning. My name's Claire Hopkins. I'm the Social Transformation Pastor here at St. Saviour's. Um, before I begin, can I just ask you all just to turn around, because one of my team members is actually supporting Harvest. <laughs> Walked in dressed like a banana. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing like a bit of support. Um, yeah, love, love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How'd you follow that? Okay. So as I said, I'm Claire. I'm the Social Transformation Pastor here at St. Saviour's. Um, and I lead the community work here, uh, the food bank, the recovery group, community lunch, life skills, money skills, um, and basically connecting our church and our community. Um, Harvest for us as a food bank is one of our biggest times of year. It's the time where we reap and we grow and we fill our stock, um, which is very apt for harvest. Um, and it was something that we felt really prompted by God over the last couple of years to really step out. We have the privilege to go to so many local schools and speak to our communities and our children in assemblies. Um, and it just felt really right to bring it into church um, and to do harvest. So there was some real, real time of prayer and real time of reflection um, on what harvest means and um, what that means to me and our team and the, um, and the ministry that we serve in. Um, and when I was looking through uh, the Bible and just trying to bring it up to date. So I'm just going to bring uh, what I've found and what I've reflected on, found in the Bible and some of my thoughts and the relation to that in community team. And I felt that um, initially that memories of the time of harvest has, is something of an anticlimax now in comparison to many, many years ago. The question comes to mind is, is it worth continuing such an agricultural festival when so few people today grow their own flowers, never mind their own fruit and vegetables. And I really wanted to look back at the origin of the Harvest Festival and see if there was still any significance for us today. In the earliest feast of the Ingathering, it was held on the seventh month, which is our equivalent to mid-September, mid-October, which is when we celebrate Harvest. Um, it was a real time for the people to come together um, and it was for them to, to look upon and, and be grateful to the Lord for, for, for what they had. And when I was just looking upon that, there were six words that spoke to me uh, predominantly. And I'm just going to have them on the screen now. Um, and it's just time that as I just speak through them at the end, I just want us to really think about those words and think about what that means to us personally. So it definitely, first of all, when I was reflecting through the Bible and looking through, it was a time of rejoicing. The people were told to rejoice at the feast, and this was in Deuteronomy, that they needed no encouragement, and it was not on a particular day, that it was time to mark the end of harvest when they went out to fetch the corn and collect the grapes and press the olives. They worked very, very hard, um, and they then reaped their rewards by laughing, drinking, and eating together. And many times through the Bible, it says about them working hard and then celebrating and, and collecting their crops and their harvest. Um, 
And when I looked upon that about how we rejoice and how we celebrate those things, the festivities are interwoven with worship that lasted seven days. They would worship um, and dance and they would offer fruit and they would work together. They were not only glad that the work was over, but they were glad that they could reap their harvest. So that made me reflect and look upon our food bank in the last couple of weeks. As Diane said, um, and I don't think we saw the image, but our, our food bank has been empty. We've had nothing. And we've had to sow seeds and work hard to go out in, to, to you and to our community to gather our harvest. And looking at, and then being really thankful and really praising and really being grateful for what we have. But reflecting, I felt that rejoicing was a loss, is, is a lost art maybe in our society now. Even now, sometimes the, 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 the birth of a baby, in the, in the Bible it says about in the womb and being intricately made in every single one of us. And we might just respond with, oh, how lovely, congratulations. Do we really mean that? Are we really coming through with that? Our hymns, the worship that we sing today, it speaks of rejoicing, but we sing with such straight faces, if not really miserable ones. And we're going, yay, Lord, we love you, yeah. So where's our excitement? Where's our thrill? Where's what stirs our emotions? What moves us to tears? In our British culture, have we lost this power? Harvest is a time to rejoice. It's a time for us to look at the wonders of creation and the provision of God's goodness. And even when we say grace, if we say grace, thank you, Lord, for what we've received. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do we really mean it? Are we really behind it? Are we really rejoicing for the food that we're celebrating as we eat? So I just really want you to just really reflect on that and how we do rejoice. Are we really, really happy and really celebrating or are we just going with the motions of society the next thing was the, the time of thanksgiving uh, and again in the bible people were express expressed their gratitude by bringing their sacrifices um, and they brought animals and and they really 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 believed in in what they're serving and their whole life uh, they were very aware of god's presence they believed that they, that they were grateful for the sun, that it came from him, that the rain and the health and their families, and indeed every breath in their body. Again, just going through the Bible, they just seemed to be such aware of God and, and so happy. And maybe less distracted. We have mobile phones, internet, TV, other people. We've always got something. That daily devotional, that we're, the app, the Bible app that we're placing, it's a time for us to to really to bring that in. And working in the food bank and speaking out in the, in the last few weeks, listening to, the children, listening to the children, are they really aware of God and God's presence? Are they really aware of, of that in their whole life? If you listen to some of our children today, they'll happily tell you that milk comes from the supermarket in a bottle. We, in our health, look to doctors for the answer in nature, in beauty, we look to the um, conservation groups. And for our future and for our thing, we look for the government and for pension companies. And I know maybe that's maybe a slight exaggeration, but do we sense God's presence 
and the kindness in, in, our, in our whole life. Do we really sense that? Do we really... Um, looking, at, looking at our life and looking at the beauty for the conservation, as I said, um, I believe that many people from our church post amazing sunsets and amazing pictures um, on social media. And sometimes it's a real, a, real, a real thing for me just to stop and actually look at, at the creation and what God's brought. And for us to be thankful for that, for that that's made for us. If we try at the end of the day to remember what's happened so that we can be aware of how God has been with us, how he has blessed us and what he is saying to us, how difficult is it? No wonder our gratitude is muted and we are not aware of his gifts. The people from the Bible seem to be so much more thankful and whatever their personal hardships, they just seem to recognise that all good gifts around us are sent from heaven above. Um, and one thing that spoke to me with that is that, again, m many members of our church community over the last, uh, church family, sorry, over the last few years have been out into Africa and a charity specifically, Watoto. And I've heard many people come back with stories of these people had nothing, yet they were on fire for God. And again, are we stripping back? Are we, are we, are we too busy? Are we focusing? Are we looking to Jesus? The next thing I was really reflecting on is um, remembering, just looking at what those people did, how hard they had to work. They were so obedient. At the Feast of the Tabernacles, they were reminded to be faithful and obedient to God as individuals and as a nation. And it reminded them of how God had rescued them and brought them to the promised land. For us, I think a time of remembering, um, for us, a time of remembering can also be dependence upon God's grace. Through Jesus, we have rescued, we've been rescued from this kind of slavery. Through Jesus, we have loved and called to be his people. We have also been offered forgiveness and invited to follow him. It isn't just what we experience in this moment of our lives that makes us rejoice and give thanks, but it's remembering God's goodness and what has led to this point. This is why we so often begin worship, not just focusing on how we feel, but upon Jesus and all that he has done for us. And again, just as a community team, as we come together, um, many of the people that we deal with on a daily basis come with so much and it's just about us saying to them, you know, you're coming with those things, but let's just give all glory to God. Let's just worship him and then let's place those things to him. And let's remember that our God is good and let's do that as, as we come together with prayer and focus. And I believe as a community team, we really extend that. The next point is a time for seeking. And it was a time when the Israelites sought God's blessing upon them. Um, all of the families on the earth, they went to Jerusalem and they worshipped the king and the Lord of hosts. 
These were sacrifices were costly to them. Um, they, gave, they gave huge amounts, but they gave with a deep heart and a longing for God. And in St. John's Gospel, we have a glimpse of that. And during the, uh, the procession where Jesus stood at the temple, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. He gave this invitation to all who were seeking not merely a drink of water, but thirst-quenching, satisfying drink of life. How strange. The one thing most wanted is a sense of meaning and fulfillment and joy and satisfaction from life. Yet we do everything and look everywhere except to the one who offers. And that for us is why um, community recovery is so important, is that lots of people outside are looking, are looking for a sense of meaning, a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose. And by opening our church doors, we can offer that. We can offer Jesus. We can offer the Lord. Um, and working with people in our recovery group at the moment, we can have up to 17 people in our group. Um, we have people breaking those chains of addiction. We've got people dry from alcohol, from drugs, from anxiety, from compulsion, that are working daily. It's not, it's not a fix, but they're working daily on this. And it's because, as the Bible said, we've invited them in. We're with them. We're journeying with them. We're giving them a sense of belonging, a sense of purpose, um, and encouraging them. And that's just um, something that's just makes me deeper and richer with Jesus, I believe, and our team. The next thing, a time for sharing. Harvest was a time when God reminded everybody of the responsibility to the needy. The poorest at the time were the widows, the orphans, and the sojourners. Uh, sojourners is in the Bible, and uh, when I looked that up, it basically means um, foreigners, or refugees, or immigrants. So it's people... Um, that don't have anywhere as their home. That's basically what that meant. I didn't know. So God laid down certain provisions. Um, and in the Bible, it says that the fruit that fell from the trees, they were left for the poor. And the olive pickers were only allowed to pick from the trees. Um, anything that was left, they had to leave. And um, in the well-loved story of Ruth, it shows that the gleaning of the cornfields were also left for the poor. So for those of you that don't know gleaning, it's the edges around the fields, and they can leave it on the edges, and it's free, free game for anybody. And what that really spoke to me about as a, and in this moment, and as with the food bank and linking that, is that even then, God had the poor. He loved everybody. He had everybody covered. There was always enough food, enough provision. Um, and as, as a food bank, when, we, when I took the food bank and we had all the perishable, non-perishable food, um, and if you know me, I'm not a real eco-warrior and a real activist on, you know, we must save the planet. But this food, over and over again, this fresh food that's being thrown away, there's so many people locally that are hungry, that don't have enough food to eat. And somehow, the, well, not somehow, the provision of God is meaning that we can now take this food and feed so many. And again, just that real sign to me for, that, God, that God's got it, that God is looking after the poor, 
that actually if we're faithful in what we do, if we listen with discernment, if we step out and really push what we're doing, that, that God will provide. And the, 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 thing, the thing in the world, with the whole world, is that there is enough food to feed everybody and have some left. And actually, it's only two-thirds of the, the world that do eat and a third that don't. And it's all down, I've done quite a lot of research in doing this, it's down to logistics, that's it. That's the only reason that there isn't enough food for everybody in this world. Um, and so it just really spoke to me that God had it all those years ago, and actually he's still got it now. Um, and we are faithful in that. We, we follow that. So for ourselves, it is a time to remember the responsibility to the poor and to the country at large. And there are hundreds of amazing charities out there, whether it's children, dogs, in another country, local, far away, and everybody's heart looks different and everybody responds to a different charity. But here as your St. Saviour's family and as your food bank, um, and following on from what Diane said, it's, it doesn't have to be the most expensive item. It doesn't have to be thousands and, and hundreds of pounds it's just a small thing. It can be a 35p tin of potatoes, that's it. Um, I just think it's really important that we keep a balance to all the other insights of the harvest season, so looking at all those things. It's never as generous or as meaningful if we overstress our respons responsibilities or the things that we ought to do. And actually, we may end up giving with a hardening heart because actually we have to or we feel that we need to. We should give with such joy and such, because we want overflowing abundance passion, we should be given to that thing. And I feel that actually if we're giving with a different heart, it can kill our faith in action and people can see that we're, oh yeah, I'm just doing that. Um, For me also, the last thing, it was a time of people coming together and gathering. At the Feast of the Tabernacles, um, it was one of the three occasions where all the people were asked to meet together. It was a strengthening of the bonds between them, um, a time of identification. And these people came from different tribes, but they reaffirmed their national unity and renewed friendships. And again, reflecting on our, our side there is that community lunch. Uh, people come, people have found that they have a sense of belonging and something big and something worthwhile. Um, someone on our team um, who, who's come from the community and has now come into the team is so excited to be on our team. It doesn't matter what job they do. They're up at early, early and they're passionate and coming to support and just because they belong and they feel loved and they want to serve other people. Somebody at our community lunch, uh, one of the ladies said to me that if I don't eat today with the people here, if I don't see one of my family members at the weekend, this can be the only time that I eat with people. So the coming of together, Jesus was, you know, and the Bible says over and over that us coming together to eat with people, to share, it's fantastic. Let's do this. Let's really push that. So as I was just thinking and just concluding, should we continue to observe harvest? 
even though our culture is very different from, from theirs and from that time. And I believe that we should continue harvest festivals. And I think we should um, really be encouraging, especially the next, next generation. Um, yes, harvest festival looks very different from, um, well, from my childhood and probably many people's in here, their childhood too, where you're coming up with leeks and pumpkins. This pumpkin, by the way, was actually grown locally by somebody just up the road. Um, in the allotment and they wanted to donate that and it is real and it's amazing so anyone that wants to make pumpkin pie soup come on let's go no um, sorry I digress so they are it's a very different very different from our childhood but I believe with confidence we can um, significantly mark harvest and mark harvest festival and I really believe that the words of rejoicing thanksgiving a time of remembering, a time of seeking, a time to share, and a time to come together. For me, those words, that represents harvest. It represents the ministry that the community team work within. And, yeah. Amen. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.